Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the 10 Point Must podcast, where I'm joined in studio today by an undefeated junior middleweight prospect knockout artist, Emil Kalakuzi, the swag star fighting out of Cape Town, who's going to be fighting this Friday night at the Hope Street Market in town, 2nd of March 2018. And I'm also joined by Mzuvakile Old Bones Maguacha, the undefeated bantamweight IBF intercontinental champion who was tragically shot last month in the leg at close range by an R4 assault rifle, which has certainly stagnated his career. He's adamant he's going to be back in the ring in at least the next two years. He's busy going through physiotherapy at the moment, trying to be able to get his leg to bend as the first prize. Getting rid of that crutch is the second prize, and then getting back in that ring is the overall ultimate prize, which I'm hoping that you'll be able to help me help him. I'm busy on a donation drive to support him while he spends time out of the ring, because of course, boxing was all that he had until those thugs took his job away by taking one of his legs out with that R4 assault rifle. I'm busy raising funds for him on Backer Buddy, which you'll be able to find a link on my bio in Instagram, as well as anywhere that I place this particular podcast episode. So please help him out. He's a fighter who's come across a very hard time, difficult time in his career, at the peak of his career, in his prime, 27 years old. And his ability to put food on the table for him and his two young children, as well as his mom, has been taken away by these thugs who try to steal everything that they had from him. They almost stole his life. They didn't. He's got a steely resolve, and I love this kid, and I'm sure you're going to love him too. So without further ado, here is the eighth episode of the 10 Point Must podcast, featuring Emil Kalakuzi and Mzuvikile Maguacha. All right. I'm in my happy place because I'm surrounded by fighters. <laughs> I've got a bantamweight, and I've got a what? What do we call you now? Let's let's keep it welterweight, guys. Let's keep it welterweight. Let's keep it welterweight for now, because you're now. a growing kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old Bones Maguacha, welcome to the Ten Point Must podcast. Thank you very much, Jeff. And Emil Kalakuzi Jr. Do you use the Junior moniker on your name? Not much. Not much. Uh, Prefer Swagstar. All right, <laughs> Swagstar, of course. Um, now, I've got two fighters in contrasting parts of their careers one you're fighting two you're not yes your circumstances though are far more uh of a of an of an interest because i've never met anybody who's been shot before <laughs> have you emil no no <laughs> now if you can take me back we can just go back to your circumstances as to what happened that night that you came home yeah so off air you said it was about 10 o'clock in the evening. Came it was, it was 10 o'clock, yeah. And, and just talk me through it briefly. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Dev, for giving me this opportunity to to share my story with you guys. Dude, thank you for <laughs> being here. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, what happened, uh, Dev, oh, the, um, on 18th January, around about 10, I came home and I parked my car like normally. Then when I get inside the house, there was these three guys wearing masks, carrying guns, said I must keep quiet. This is Satsi Kailicha, right? This is Satsi Kailicha, you see. So uh, these guys, were the two of them were carrying knives, and the one was carrying the this big gun. I don't know what his name, but it's a, it's a pump gun, you see. So they said I must keep my mouth shut. Come inside, 
And then they said, no, you must open these rooms. You see. So I get I get inside, or open and get inside. Uh, I said, guys, what do you want? Maybe I'm the wrong guy that you're looking for. He said, no, we need money. We need money, your clothes, and we need this TV. Open my the open my room and see this uh, flat screen TV. Said you need this TV. So I only got uh, I only got that time I had a few few money. This little money that I just gave them the, those money I had, and then they demand my cell phone and watch, and they take off my jacket and take my my hats and my shoes. <laughs> they treat me off. You just see. put it in a bag, kind of thing. No, they they just carried carry it. Carry it, yeah. And your mom and your brothers were with you at the time. No, they were not with me. They were locked in their in the, in their rooms. Yeah, yeah. So so they were locked there. So they said no, come this way. So by the time they were talking to me, they were busy hitting me with this gun in the head, like you see. So the these these two guys were carrying guns. They said, ah, I want to stab this dog. Said no, shoot this dog. You see. I said, no, please, guys, man. There's no need to shoot here. I will give you what you want. You see. So we we get in, into my room and try to to take this this TV off off the wall there. But it, you you can't just remove the the TV in the wall. You need some tools. You see, because that that thing is stable there. You see. I said, guys, I, I can't take off this. Can you please help me? Maybe you can you can do it better and take this TV off. Because I wanted to give the guys. The TV, so that they can leave. You see. Oh, the guys said, "Oh, oh, this one is playing with us." Ne? You see. I said, "No, I'm not playing with you guys. Please don't kill me. Just take this TV." I said, "No, you take the TV and give it to us." You see. I said, "I can't, guys." And the, and I was trying. And you're, you're panicking at the time, so it's not as though you can go find tools in a tool shed or in a toolbox. And. I tried to, to take off this, but by the time I was trying, I I knew that the TV cannot be cannot be removed. But I'm just doing it because the guys they're forcing me. You see, Ish. Okay, they said ah uh, this one is playing. These two carrying knives said ah uh, this one is playing with us. Man. Let's just shoot this this dog and then go. You see, let's kill the let's kill this this dog. I said please guys. So okay, I was trying to open my cupboard. In order to to looking for for tools to 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 remove the TV, but by the time I was trying to open, maybe maybe the guy thought I was I was looking for some weapon. Yeah, you see, now he started to shoot. I remember he started to shoot, so he missed the first shoot, and then he shoot again the second one, so he caught me with the second one, and then I lay down. Yeah, you see, and then he said, "Let's go, guys." And then when when that bullet hit your skin, when it went through the skin and into your leg, what did you feel? Hey, that time, Dave, it was a, it was a, it, there was no pain at that time, but it shocked me. And then my body, all my body was like cramped. You see, I get locked. You see, I said, Ah, what is happening now? You see, and then I was lost. Is this guy that really shot me? You see. Then I saw the lot of blood coming out, a lot of, and then my, my legs starting to, swell to get up. big, swell up, swell up, like now. Lots of blood, obviously. Lots of blood. And then when I'm trying to, to wake up, 
No, I can't wake up. When I'm when I'm waking up, my leg is down. Oh, you mean just trying to get up and move? Get up and move, but my leg is not moving. So your your mind was perfectly switched on. You were thinking the whole time, but your body just wouldn't listen to what your mind exactly, was telling you. Exactly, exactly like that. So I said, ah, okay. What what they did? They shot me, and then they took the keys and locked me inside there. And this bullet hit you above the knee. Above the knee, yes. So it was basically your thigh that. On my thigh, yes. And did you look at it while you were lying there? Or I'll did you try not to look at it? I was wearing jeans, you see. Okay. So I just see the hole, the hole in, in the in the jean. And then I, I I didn't feel I you see I can't feel my leg at the time. Yeah, what's happening here? You see. So those guys they lock me inside there, they go with the my car keys and, and, and my door key there. So like so that I uh, I mustn't find help, you see. Yeah. Yeah, luckily enough, I had the the, the specky to to open the door. So I I I asked this small boy, my brother, said, ah, "Take the key there and open up for me." So we take the key, and then we we managed to to open the door. So my mother was screaming that side. We, we he, he just heard the sound of the gun, the, the shots. You see. So I said, "No, go and open there." So my brother, the one who's coming after me, he just come and lift me up, carried, see, me. carried me to the to, to the fire station. There's we stay near the fire station there, so you, you quickly get a first aid. So yeah, these guys would do. And then I just saw the wood where they they were cutting my jeans. Just before we carry on, white people of the world. Yeah. A gunshot hole to your jeans is what you're supposed to have. You're not supposed to buy jeans with holes in them already. Yeah. If you're going to wear jeans, your jeans are the real ones because you got shot in the leg through them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So they cut. Earn the holes in your jeans. Earn the holes in my jeans. You see? <laughs> so they cut my jeans. So I just saw this big hole and then I couldn't manage to, to, to watch it because I, I just watched it once. Then it was big, big, big. Like, I never saw something like that. You see? It, the bullet came in, in front and then came back. Did it go out the back? Yes. Shit. So it damaged the bone. Totally damaged the so bone. So that bullet went straight through your leg? Straight to my leg. Do you still have the bullet? No. Didn't find it? No, no. When I, when I was at Tegovic, the, the when I was laying there in the bed, the dog just showed me something. He took took it here. It's like the half of, half of the bullet. It's something big like this. I said, look that what you showed yeah. me on your fingers. So people are listening. That's like two centimeters. Exactly. Two centimeters so long. so he showed me that the dog said, look. Whoa. I said what? Yeah. It <laughs> came inside you. Whoa. So I was shocked, shocked, shocked. So while I was there in in in, in that uh, first aid uh, place. So they were busy calling the ambulance. So the ambulance, luckily enough, the uh, ambulance quickly came in 30 minutes time. So they took me to Kailicha Hospital. So immediately there, they, they transferred me to, to Tigerberg Hospital. And then you had the operation? Where the operation uh, happened there. Just one operation that you had? Uh, I've got two operations. That you still have to have coming up? No. Oh, you had two operations? I had two. I had two operations. At the back of the leg, and yeah, 
next to my waist. So what did the doctors say to you in terms of you, obviously you, you will be able to walk again. I exactly. mean, what is the mobility of your leg like? Can you bend it? I can't bend it yet. I'm just trying to, but by the time is uh, by the time where this thing happened, I couldn't even bend. It just the rate, but the, the the more the time goes, it comes and bending and bending and bending. So, like like I said, the doctor says I'm ah, gonna be gonna be okay, gonna be able to bend it. And and even if I sit at home, I just train to to bend it, bend. But I'm gonna start physio on 27th of this February. I'm gonna start physio, so they're gonna try to to help them. Now, in terms of your financial situation, yeah. How are you paying for these bills? Yo, 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 Dev. That one is, is very, very, very difficult because we, we remember we're coming from holidays. You so, see? You, yeah, you spent your money. So did you go up to the Eastern Cape in your holidays? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I was good. I, go, I, I went to Eastern Cape and then spent money with family because, yeah, there I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only breadwinner there. My mom just uh, worked two days. You see? Okay. So, I'm the one who who is supporting the family, and I have two kids, so they depend on me. And you do you, do you have any kind of medical insurance or medical mm, aid? No, nothing. And have any of the promoters that you fought for helped you or put any taken any money out of their pocket and given you anything and support? Mm, not yet, Dev. Not yet. No one yet. So this is the thing so, that makes me so angry. Yeah. As a person who gets the watch both of you guys fight is that you know it's it's one thing fighting for a promoter yeah you're making them money you're making money you're getting paid but as soon as yeah. something bad happens to you in your career yeah everyone goes quiet no yeah. quiet and yet, yet the thing is is like this could quite easily have happened to you sure man it could quite easily have happened to anybody and yeah. it's that's sure. the yeah. most shocking yeah. thing yeah. is yeah. that it's like that your life changes. Yeah. So you don't plan that. You you don't plan to be shoot. Uh, no. Death, no see. one does. Yeah. But I think that for a f- fighters must try to to have medical aid, medical insurance for things yeah, like this. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not just also getting shot in a yeah. in a in a robbery, but also you know, God forbid anything happens to you upstairs, yeah. brain wise. Um, even even car accidents, car accidents, and all that sort yeah. of thing. I mean, do you have medical insurance, medical <laughs> aid, or any of that kind of thing, Emil? Um. Checking was once, I think, by my mom's side. Yeah. So she always hooks me up. Yeah, so you're on their plan. Yeah, you know, each and every fight, go to check up, you know, what's happening in my body. Because uh, back then, in like a year or two, I had a kneecap problem, you know, my kneecap switch. Sorry, just move the mic a little closer to you. There we go, yeah, yeah. I had a kneecap problem, my kneecap switch, you know, it's went to the wrong place. So yeah. I couldn't, like, train for, like, four weeks, and I was in... During a fight, you know. In fight camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't train. I had to go cool off. I took, I went to go see a physio, and they said, "Listen, yeah, you need to take a break a bit for yourself to to get your knee care properly." I was so upset, and then check myself. Okay, but at the meantime, I had someone who helped me. Yeah. You know, I had one of the sponsors that hooked me up and told me, "This is a physio. This is what's going to happening." And this is what's going to happen each and every week. You're going to be doing this. This is what you're going to be doing, light training. You're only going to be using your hands, not your legs. Yeah. So you you were hooked up in terms of a a sponsor that took care of you. Mm -hmm. Did you have a sponsor? No, 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 no. no. 
I never had a sponsor. Yeah. Not a single sponsor. Yes, taking to him a former uh, four-time champion. So you were only fighting. The only money you were making was the money that you were being paid for fighting. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. See, that's yes. another. That's another lesson learned for for fighters is the importance of of getting sponsored. But also half of that is your promoters and your managers. That should be their responsibility as well to mm. try and yeah, get yeah. you paid while you're not fighting because yeah. that's the, the most important that's, thing is to have that monthly income. That's the that, that's the most difficult thing for us. Yeah, of course, sometimes you fight like once a year. Sometimes yeah. you don't fight at all. The how whole many, year. How many fights average a year did did you have? What do you have? Every, two fights a year? Two fights, three fights a year. That's not enough. It's not enough, man. Sometimes you fought only one. One fight per year. And you've got a ranking on the IBF exactly. of number eight. IBF and WBA. What number are you on WBA? I think I'm number 11. Your record's 23 and 0. You've yeah. never been beaten. Exactly. So you're number 11 on the WBA. You're number eight on the IBF. That yeah. means... Now, the way that the IBF works where they always keep... Six uh, number two, number one is vacant and number two is vacant, so that they can fight for uh, for titles. Obviously, the champion is not a number; yeah. he's the champion. Yeah. Which means you're maybe two fights away from a world title shot. Exactly. In the bantamweight. In division, the bantamweight division, which is really hot at the moment. Very, very, very hot. Very, very hot. Because uh, this year, my, my my promoter promised that uh, he's gonna give me a fight. Who's your promoter? Uh, Andile. I mean. Uh, I am a teach. Okay. So he promised on March he's going to give me a, a, a just a fight so that the next fight and then I'm going to fighting. The, he's trying He's trying to make me fight for the world title. In your next fight? In my yes. You were one away when these bastards came and shot exactly. you. Exactly. So I started, I, by the time they came and shot me, I was started busy preparing for this fight. Preparing for this fight, you see. And... um. Do you think you will fight again? I think so. I think so, because like the doctor says, I'm recovering so fast, you see, because I only have like two to three weeks now out of the hospital. But I can see every day, I see the difference, every day. So the doctor says I'm going to be healed properly like around about June, you see. But me, I decided to start next year boxing again. Next year? Mm-hmm. Now, this, this, the importance. Of I don't this, want to put pressure on my leg. No, no, no. You mustn't. But the importance of this is, is that while you're not fighting, you've got no income. No income. So, I heard about your story when it happened. About a week later, I read about it online, and I was shocked mm. because yours is a career I followed very closely because I know how good you are. I've seen you fight. I've announced two of your fights back yeah. in the day when you're <laughs> just starting. Yeah, like you are. Yeah, but. I was shocked that no one was supporting you. So what I did was I started a backer buddy campaign, which is an online donations website where I am appealing to people to donate money to your cause. I want, I set the limits of what I want to raise for you as a hundred thousand rand, because you're going to be sitting a year, potentially more without any income. So I started that up. People have been donating. Yes, thanks, you. Um, and what we've decided to do at the gym that I fight out of is we're going to put on a white collar fight night. Okay. Which is gonna we've got a penciled in date of the twenty first of April, and it's going to be at the Hope Street Market. Lovely mm-hmm. stuff. 
venue. great venue yeah. and yeah. everything that we make off that night we're going to donate to you much appreciation we aim to get 600 people in there i think we're going to have less seating more people standing you know pack as many people in as we can mm. We're going to put on a white collar fight night. We've got guys in our gym who are ready to go. They've been training since Lovely. Christmas. They've lost all their excess weight except for me because I can't stop eating, <laughs> which is why I would have been a terrible fighter because I don't like cutting weight. And then uh, we've got other gyms that are going to be involved and we're going to put on a fight night and everything that we make off that night, we're going to donate to you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put it towards the money that we're making online on the donations I'm going to put out regular videos. I'm going to encourage people. Uh, if you're listening to this, payday's coming up, bitches. <laughs> we need at least, you know, it can be any amount. You know, yeah, if you've got 50 yeah, rand yeah, to give, yeah. give 50 rand. You've got 100 rand, give yeah, 100 rand. Yeah. People have been donating 1,000 rand. As long as long it's going to help. So we we here to help you because no one else is. And it also lends me to think that one thing I would love to start up is a foundation for fighters when they get injured like you have, that there's something to to give you some support in your time where you can't earn money because if you guys are only earning money through your fists, mm. that's all you got. Mm. So we're going to do our best to take care of you. We're going to help you out as much as we can. I'm always here to support you because I'm a ring announcer, I'm a commentator, I'm a but I'm a fight fan and I adore you guys for what you do. Thank Ever since you. I was a kid, to see another man go through something that I might have been incapable of doing, I'm in awe of you guys. What you put your bodies through, what you put your minds through, the night itself, the fight itself, it blows my mind because there are so many people out there who will happily just watch and criticize mm. and say, ah, oh, you should have done this and you should have done that. But the thing mm. is, it's a year. You're animals. You're in a completely different environment from what my friends who are casual fight fans are used to, you know? Yes, dear. So I'm here for you guys, and I want to help as much promote you guys through what I do, help you financially when I can, and I want to I wanna be a promoter one day myself. Yes, dear. Hopefully Love one day when yeah, I have yeah. shows, I'll have you guys fighting Love on my yeah, shows yeah, as well. Yeah. Speaking of which... Emil Jr. has got a fight coming up soon. How's fight camp going at the moment? Um, camp has been great. Camp has been great for me. For me, like, okay, not that great because I always have problem with sparring. Yeah. You know, like I was hoping to spar with Makwaza. I was hoping to spar with Bam. I was hoping to spar with... Um, them the cruiserweight, you know. Makwala is. Makwala was hoping to spot all of them, you know. But boom, I heard my friend got shot. Yes. I forget. I was shocked of him getting shot, but I was shocked of him not getting help. Mm. You know what I mean? This. This is the future, the Rose of Kailicha that we have here. He's a four-time world champion. It's ridiculous not getting him help. That's mm. that's first thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. You can be our promoter or however, but first thing, not having a sponsor, mm. and second, not getting help. That's just that sucks, you know. That really sucks. A person like that, he gets shot. You, we supposed to be helping him straight. Listen, yeah, you're gonna get transferred to this hospital. This is what you'll be getting, and this is what you'll be eating. This is what you're gonna be having, you know. Exactly. We need that support, you know, because like. 
Each and every night, he makes everyone happy. Hey, another fight. Under the belt, undefeated. It's not easy being undefeated, you know. No. It's not no, easy. Not and you've also got a zero on your back. Exactly. So, and that's when everyone's coming for you. Yeah. It's not easy. Everyone want to fight him, you know. Everyone want a piece of him, you know what I mean. At the end of the day, he supports people, helps people, makes people happy. But when trouble comes, no one helps him. That's why I think it's important for the wider boxing community to actually pull together in these times when when the guys who made their money off your name ain't going to give you anything. I think it's yes. up to us who pay to watch you do that, who pay to watch you put yourselves through that. It's up to us to pick up the slack and, and help you in your time of need. And that's exactly what I think I'm going to be able to mobilize people to do. So we'll see, man. But... um. Just back to your, your camp, so sparring's been a problem because... Yeah, sparring's been a problem. Just because of guys, there's not a lot of guys in Cape Town or not a lot of guys your kind of size that you can spar with? It's it's not that I'm bragging or not. There's, if, there's a lot of people in Cape Town, not I me, mean, but people think that whenever, every time we spar, we spar so hard, they're not ever going to show up. I had a sparring partner we only did once and he ran away. Yeah. Um, but it's cool, I understand. But then I made plans, I got some people... I sparred, I did everything, did 12 rounds, did 15 rounds, everything went well, and now I'm fit, you know. I'm, I'm not more worried about the sparring, but you need sparring to go fight. And I remember the time my dad did a 5-12 round fight, 12 round, world title, and he did no sparring, nothing at all. Hmm. You lost the fight, obviously you didn't spar. What are you going to do in the ring, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You came back, boom, you knocked the guy out, you understand? With good help and good sparring, sparring partners, mm. you know what I mean? Your dad, and I, 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 I caught the end of his career because your dad, firstly, um, Commander Kalakuzi, he taught yeah. me how to box mm -hmm. when I was in high school. I went to that to Bryce's German Archery, <laughs> and I was the guy who they gave the medicine ball mm. to hold while your father beat the fuck out of me on that medicine ball. So I was holding it in the ring, <laughs> and he was just chasing me and smashing me. I felt every shot straight through that medicine ball. It was the craziest thing. But the thing that struck me about your father is he had cardio for days. Mm. He was the fittest man on the planet. Mm. So you, you said to me he went into a fight without sparring. I'm not surprised because he had cardio to back that mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. He could keep going, and he could yeah. go with a 12-round yeah. fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How's your cardio? Have you uh, got your old man's cardio? Because you went eight rounds for the first time in your career. Your yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been blowing everybody out in one and two rounds, and now suddenly you got a tricky customer, mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. took you eight rounds. Um, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are your thoughts on your last fight? Um, my last fight, it was all a game plan. I planned it. You know, My whole plan, actually, was, listen here, we don't know this guy. I've never watched a video about him. I don't know anything. Only thing I know his name is name and surname, and that's all. So I said, listen, yeah, Emil, you're going to go first round and see how it goes. And first read him, you know. I try to first let him go, you know, throw his punches, block a bit, and feel his power. Then I'm like, okay, I can dominate the power. I can push the power. Let's see if we can go to four rounds for the first time in my life, you know. I went to round four. I'm like, okay, this boy can take yeah. Listen, yeah, we're going to change game plan now. I speak to myself, you know. Okay. I told coach, listen, yeah, coach, we're changing game plan. I'm not going to go to round six with this ball. I'm going to finish right through. And I was getting a bit of bad feedback from my 
people, you know, mm-hmm. they're telling me, listen, Emil, all you people you've been fighting, they're all easy. You're getting them paid at the back. How about this fight? Try and give us something good. I'm like, listen, everyone, as you all know me, I'm a man of my word. I'm going to give you guys a full eight-round fight. So I change everything. Each and every time I try to engage, I think back and say, boy, just trying to finish this fight. And feel, how does it feel to go to eight rounds, you know? To see my stand-up if I'm going to go on, you know? And boom, I had a knee problem again in the same fight. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like, listen, man, just try and do it. Keep moving, keep keep jabbing, try whatever. Keep holding and move, you know, miss and miss and miss. Boom, I did all eight rounds, you know? I felt good. I felt, okay, eight rounds, we got to put in some work now. We're doing eight rounds. Now I'm doing ten rounds, you know? So your next, the fight that's coming up next Friday is going to be a ten round. Ten, ten round rounds, fight. Yeah. You know? So the, the guy that we're talking about that you fought was Lungisa Jakani. Mm-hmm. Now, Jakani, you had that fight against him at junior middle? No, I'm super welterweight. Yeah, yeah. G, uh, super, super, super welterweight. The other name's junior. The American name is junior middle. But um, he came up from welterweight. He fought a whole list of names at welterweight. It's, he wasn't a shit fighter. He was a guy who'd been around the block. He had done 12 with Warren Jabeur on two occasions, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, he was experienced. And that was, the, mm-hmm. that was the key thing for me was for you being so young in your career. I mean, you were still 19? Just turned 20. Just turned 20 today. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. No cake. No cake for you, sir. Just a glass of cold water. It sucks. <laughs> and I normally have cake Sundays. But anyway, Jakani, and I was ringside for that fight. Obviously, I announced it. And what I noticed about him is that he was cagey. He, although he engaged, he was slippery. He was difficult to hit cleanly, but mm-hmm. you did hit him cleanly. You hurt him on a few occasions, but he also knew what to do in terms of grabbing sure. on and holding on. Yeah, yeah. And it's the first time that you've been exposed to that style of fighter in your career, mm-hmm. which was very important because you're still in college. Yeah. If you know what I mean, you're mm-hmm. still going through the university tutorship For sure, yeah. of being exposed to as many different kind of fighters as you possibly can. For sure. And uh, to see you go eight, you learned more of that than blowing some guy out in two or three rounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can understand the logic in that. Obviously, a lot of people ringside, all they want to see is a guy getting stretched out of there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's beauty in watching a person work out a math problem for the first time yeah, in their life. Yeah, and that's yeah. what that was. It mm-hmm. was an equation. Mm-hmm. You had to see, I've got to stay ahead of this guy. You took your foot off the gas for maybe one or two rounds. And it was after the fourth. Yeah. And that was, I could see, because you were gearing yourself up for the later rounds. You needed to keep something in the tank, which showed me you got a brain on you. You think about these things. You're cognizant of it. And uh, it was a joy to watch. It was a good performance by my book. And obviously, you cleaned him on the rounds. I think he maybe only got given one or two rounds on the judges' scorecards, if I remember correctly. But um, you don't, do you know much about your upcoming opponent? Um, it's John Bapape hey? John Bapape and I have him as well I have not watched anything about him I only just know his name but I heard some rumors that he beat some guys in Cape Town and and people you know people they always want to talk to him yeah, yeah. so I'm going to give the people what they want but at the meantime, I'm not going to just make the guy you know uh-uh. I don't know what he got inside there, you know I know I'm training hard He's over there also as well, training hard. So 
what I'm going to do is just do what I do best, you know, work my way out, you know. Hopefully, if I get a knockout, it comes. But if I can't, I can't, you know. I'm not God or anything. Well, I'm having a look at his record. He's, according to BoxRec, which is in, for South African fighters, they don't really keep it very good, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not always the truth. And I know because I'm a, an announcer and I have to look at these websites for, exactly. these, for my information. And sometimes I can see it's completely wrong. According to BoxRec, He's four, uh, four wins, three losses. Mm-hmm. Four wins by knockout. His one loss, uh, one of his three losses was a knockout loss. But he's got a name of Brandon Taser that he went the distance of six rounds in in his third, third fight. Mm-hmm. Taser, of course, has kind of, I don't know, he's disappeared off the scene since yeah. Bulldog got hold of him, mm-hmm. which was the mismatch of the year I've ever For seen. Sure. And um, he's coming off a win, a TKO win. So it seems like he's got a punch on him. Uh, um, he's from Alexandra and Gauteng mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to be fighting this is it at the super welterweight limit or is it a is it a bit of a catchweight I'm fighting at the catchweight 69 69 so is that yeah. above that's above okay and it's going to be a 10 round fight yes um, now with you you're you are a citizen of South Africa not yet not yet yeah so you can't fight for a South African title no how does that make you feel? Well, it's um, a bit of, you know, I wouldn't blame anyone, but it's the government and things, you know. It came to a point when I was doing well in amateur and when I was I was nearly nominated for Olympic Games. Representing South Africa? Yeah, but they said, no, you can't. I said, why, sir? No, you don't have your idea. How long have you lived in South Africa for? I've lived in it for 19 years. You're paying taxes in this country. Everything, brother. All your life. See, now, the reason I ask you that question is because I think that it's ridiculous. Exactly. That somebody who is not a South African citizen is ineligible to fight for an SA title. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you're living in this country, you're paying taxes in this country, mm-hmm. you deserve to be able to take the same advantages as the people who were born in this country, mm-hmm. which is an SA title. And mm. the problem is as well is that because, and if you look at the rankings from BSA, there's supposed to be 10 guys, a top 10. Yeah, yeah, division. yeah, yeah. Light heavyweight division's got two names. There's more guys who are ineligible, who are listed on the side as the internationals. There's eight guys. So how are we helping the SA title, the name of the SA title, the prestige of the SA title, if you're keeping all of these guys who are internationals that's away right. from being able to fight for the title, yet you've only got two South African names. It makes no sense at all. It makes no sense. It's a stupid law, and sure. I wish they would scrap it. And I'm sure you'd feel the same because if you want to be in the mix of 154 pounds in the SA title, it's pretty buoyant division. There's names in that list. So where do you see yourself fighting? Are you? Has there been any talk of kind of uh, uh, an alphabet title route that you're going to go for? No, uh, for me. Uh, when that point came, yo, 16-year-old boy, you can't go. That's when I changed myself. I'm like, listen, yo, boy, the only place you can only make it is overseas. And since you're here, you're here. But, and there was a p- opportunity that was going to get involved with 50 Cent when he was still a promoter. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what was his uh, SME promotions? It was, it was the same name as his headphones. I yeah, think yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to work away, but things were not still on my document and stuff. But, I, you know, I kept myself calm. I turned professional when I just turned 17. 
and say, listen, boy, just keep on fighting, build yourself up, you know. And lovely stuff came up this year, you know. I'm getting a promoter from England, you know, who wanted me. Nice. He wants me to go live that side and box that side, you know. But now we're going to change things up. I'm starting to fight in England. He's landing on Tuesday. Okay, he's going to be at the fight. Yeah, yeah beautiful good. guest. He's coming there with his wife. Nice. You know? I hope he's hearing this, Mr. Michael Mickey. You know, he's coming here. He's going to sit down, see the contract. You know, hopefully if I sign up with him for the next two to three years, you know, things might change. You know? Exactly. And the scene in England is red hot. You know what I mean? People say America's the place. I don't know about that anymore. Because I think England has got the heavyweight scene. England yeah, owns. Uh-huh. England owns the heavyweight scene. Yeah, yeah. They own the middleweight scene yeah. or the super middleweight scene. I mean, you just saw George Groves and Chris Eubank mm-hmm. um, fight for basically. It's going to be super middleweight supremacy because the other guy on the other side of the draw that's going to fight um, the potentially fight George Groves is uh, Callum Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also a Brit. Um, so it's huge in the bigger weight classes. And I think going to England is a great decision. As like you'd see Chris, uh, Chris Van Heerden took the big risk yeah, yeah, yeah. of going to America. Going to America. He's gone to America. I think he's had about three fights. Mm-hmm. And then he came back here and had one more fight. But now he's landed himself in the welterweight Super 8 competition, mm-hmm. which Felix Diaz Jr. is going to be fighting in as well. Okay. Diaz Jr. fought Bud Crawford. Terence yeah, Crawford. Yeah. Crawford smoked him. Okay, Crawford does that to everybody, so it's not. <laughs> I'm not knocking him. <laughs> Crawford's just another guy in another another stratosphere. He's from another planet, and the rest of the welterweight division are going to find that out very soon. Mm-hmm. Especially that boy Horn. I think Crawford's fighting um, fighting uh, uh, what's his name Horn uh, from Australia. Horn is the guy who won the WBO title from Pacquiao. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who head butted his way into that winning that title. Yeah, and Crawford's going to smoke him. For sure, I don't think I don't think there's a fighter on this planet who touches Crawford. What I want to see is Crawford versus Errol Spence. That's yeah, Crawford. I want to see that as Crawford well. versus Thurman. Tough one. There's also um, uh, Garcia, Danny Garcia, who put uh-huh. a beating on on a very old, An old and faded Rios, yeah. which I expected that. Did you guys see that knockout? Yeah, I saw. I saw, I saw. So that Garcia is there, Spence is there, Thurman is there. Don't you want to drop back to welterweight? Let's <laughs> <laughs> stick hey, with this super one. Let's stick with su- and then you got the Charlos to deal yeah. with over there when stick it eventually this, gets to that know. level. As soon as I mastered this, you know, then I'm, I was planning to go down a bit. I was planning to see how can I go up and how can I go down. But now I've seen okay, super, super welterweight sixty nine. That's your limit, boy. Yeah. Next thing you you're gonna go back down. You know what I mean? I just wanna control it. You know. Have my belts there, have my belts there, and master both too. You know? And it's also it's about looking after your body because, I mean, you're a bantam. Yeah. What is your weight cut like? Or are you always just a few kilos above the limit? No. When I'm relaxed, uh, I pick up a lot of weight. Between fights? Between fights. Because I'm fighting, bantam weight is uh, 53 cages. But if I relax day at home, no, not training, like taking a break after fight, I can go like 62 kgs. <laughs> Eating cake. Eating cake. <laughs> see? So I pick up the weight very, very quick. But you see? also lose it quickly. I also lose it quick. Because sometimes you can notice that it's not a fat, it's just the water. Yeah. So you go run, then yeah. it drops fast. Yeah. Yeah. Now I heard something from a friend of mine, and I forget 
which person told me this. It was late one night. We were drunk at the time. We were debating boxing. <laughs> he said to me that Corsa fighters are great at cutting weight because through initiation, where you guys aren't allowed to eat or drink anything in your initiations, exactly. you learn that's the first time you learn how to cut weight. <laughs> and you adopt those that mindset when you're losing weight for a fight yeah. and cutting weight. Is that yeah. true? Uh, not really. No, not okay, really. so we were talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> not really, because some of the guys not yet went there. Yeah. So, but they they know how to cut weight. Yeah. But they they know how to they cut weight like good. See, so it's not like that, man. See, but you just you just need to discipline yourself. Mm. Know how to cut. Yeah. You just control your food. See, you know what to what to eat. What sort of what sort of meals do you eat when you are in camp? What do you eat like dinner dinner wise? Is it clean chicken, clean vegetables, that kind of thing? Yeah, that clean chicken with no with no skin. Yeah, and and fish. Yeah, and veggies. No pap. Literally, you, we become a vegetarian. You become a goat. Is that exactly. what you become a girl? You know what I mean? Look at me, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. You know, when you guys talk about food over here, he's not fighting, you're not fighting. I'm in my head. Thinking, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's the worst. What know? kind of things are you are you eating? Straight out diet. I'm Where I live, at the gym, we have, we have two places. I have the restaurant downstairs for lunch and breakfast. Are you living in the gym now? No, no, no. Oh, but okay. You mean during the day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, during the day. I've lunch, lunch and breakfast is right there. And yeah. in the night, I just have, okay, express there. So I buy my dinner that side. So, and that lady is so good in making me getting lean. You know, The eating, one downstairs yeah, in the restaurant? Yeah, the one downstairs, you know. I used to hate it, you know, because... Like, <laughs> man, man, what the flip, man? She's bringing my plate. You're looking at this like, come on, are you serious? Rabbit and food. we can't cheat because at the end of the day, you're not cheating. Exactly. Anyway. You're cheating you're yourself. Cheating yourself, yeah. You know? yeah. So she gives me clean, you know, plain yogurt, you know, with oats on it, you know, straight cup of coffee with no sugar or anything. Yeah, that's your breakfast, you know? You sign up for this. This is what I did. Yeah, this, this is, is what you job, sign up you know, for. And, yeah. so, and you have to, it's not so hard, you know, it's just for two weeks or something, a yeah. week and a half and that, you know, for small time, you know, then the glory comes, you know, it's going to come that Thursday, boom, you're going to have a big <laughs> child, you know what I'm saying? It's easy. Like, okay, as well, after the fight, I pick up, boom, yeah. you know, 10K. Up. 10 kilos straight away. It's yeah. really easy and, and yeah. like, and I have my limits. Okay, listen, yeah, you're fighting 68. You know, and I'm always have my own tricks and my own ways yeah. to make sure I'm fighting. I'm, I'm, Tuesday is Thursday, Friday I'm fighting. I'm gonna make sure I pick up at least six kgs. I'll never forget when I went and did a show at the Orient Theatre, mm-hmm. and Laduma Lamati was Lamart. fighting on that card, yeah. and um, Komanisi was fighting on that card. Mm, Lissanda, and mm. we were all staying together. At the same hotel, yeah. and there was a at the Kennaway. Yeah, there was a yeah, little yeah. Italian restaurant next to the Kennaway. I, I know there is. So they went to the weigh-in, and they did their weight. Comanisi bang on weight. Ladumo bang on weight. Yeah. And also, who was there at the time was Maruti and Talani. Okay. And they, we were all at the restaurant together. Now we went for lunch after the weigh-in. I have never seen people eat so much food in all my life. <laughs> little guys. <laughs> Komanisi, in front of me, ate three plates of pasta, 
one whole chicken <laughs> and then he ordered another whole chicken which he took up to his room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ladumo was, uh, he was, he, he ate but he was cool. He didn't eat like, t- yeah, yeah, he, like yeah. he spaced it out. He only had like one pasta and one chicken and then yeah. I think he came back and ordered like steers later in the evening. Yeah. Maruti put food away and he wasn't even fighting. He wasn't on the car <laughs> to fight. He ate at least four bowls of pasta he did the two chickens as well. And Chim- then I saw him at the fish and chip shop later in the evening. <laughs> yes, yes. And these guys are flyweights. <laughs> What's Ladumo? Bantam? Ladumo is junior featherweight. Junior feather. Yeah. And Komanisi? Komanisi is straight featherweight. These are little guys. These are little guys. And they eat more than I could not I could never eat that if I was the hungriest I've ever been in my life. No. What do you eat after weigh? How many, yo, ki- yo, how many yo, kilos yo. do you put on after a weigh? Um, of the way, yeah. Okay, I would weigh in sixty-eight. Boom, made it in weight. As soon as I step my foot off that thing, man, that's the happiest moment in my life. <laughs> you know, most people think, "Hey, Emilio, how's the fight? How's it that? How's it?" Man, let me go, man. I'm worried about the food. That's the only thing I'm worried. About, you know? <laughs> I want to I'm not worried about the fight now. Fight is tomorrow. Yeah. We speak about that tomorrow. I at least put on six to seven cages. For sure. Overnight. Overnight. Yeah, you don't sleep. You, you just eat. eat. Yeah, you eating the whole night. Same for you. So, what limit is yours? Fifty. Fifty-three. And then, how much do you eat after you weigh in? When I'm going to the fight, I, I fight like fifty-seven kgs. So you are sticking on about four or five kilos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because I, sure. as well, I mustn't be heavy in the ring. See, I must be able to move and. Yeah, so you got to work out what that balance mm. is because yeah, that's the yeah. thing. You don't want to feel like a lead balloon yeah, in the yeah, ring yeah. the next day. Especially in in uh, when you fight for IBF, you go to the way in official way in then day weigh in. yeah the following day another way in so, how so you many, must eat with limit how many kilos are you allowed to put in from way in number one to way in number two you see when okay you make 53 so you mustn't be over more than 57 okay. if you're a pandemoid you know what happened to lamati the 8th december fight we, we were fighting in the same pill he he ate and then he, he got the following day he got overweight at the scale for the second way for the f- second way in. And then what happened? He went for a run, no choice. He went for a run. Oh my word! And he came back sweating a lot. And then he checked weight again. Then it was in your weight. How many kilos or how many grams over that second way? No, it was no, it was one kg and something. Wow! You see, so it was a serious running. Yeah, serious for. running. Right, so you don't want to be in the IBF because they do second day weigh-ins. <laughs> so you have to, you have to uh, be in a belt that lets you eat what you want. Uh, we discussed about that belt, man. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> but man. it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Now, just having a look at your career so far, there are names on this list of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're 27 years old. You're 23 and 0. Three draws Three on your draws, record. Yes. The first one that makes me uh, makes me uh, smile, mm-hmm. and the boys in Eastern Cape are going to hate me for this, <laughs> Makazole Tete. Yeah. Because they, the 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 BMT crew there, yeah, 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 yeah. forever talk about that's, Makazole Tete. That's my team. <laughs> so BMT. they were always wanting him to fight Maruti one day. Yeah. And I remember Nick Durant was always just saying, come with the money, otherwise shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And there was always a lot of noise. And what was your experience of Makazole in the ring? 
Because he had more fights than you at the time. At the time, yes. Because he had... No, I had more fights. You had more fights than him? I had more or, fights sorry, than I'm him. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I had more fights than him. And um, it was a draw over six rounds? Over six rounds, yes. What kind of a, what kind of a, what kind of a test did he give you? Ish Magazoli. It's got too much power, that one. Power punch like Yeah, that brother. one can punch. So, yes, I, we, we went for a first round. I said, ish. Oh, just hold on. Shout out to the BMT boys. I love you. <laughs> BMT, the, the, the winning is a norm. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, so, it went like uh, for first round. And then I said, I came, I came back to the corner. I said, ish, does it? This guy is uh, killing me. Was it the hardest you had been hit so far in your career? Was it the hardest that time? I never experienced that kind of punch. I said, ah, does it? It's first round. But he, my body feels like it's six rounds <laughs> already. Sure. That one, it's gonna be a long, that one was long killing rounds. my stomach, that one. Oh, is he just going at your body? In my body, yeah. But I, I've noticed that he's a bit scared of me because when he caught me, he, he, he doesn't come and try to finish, you see. He just, boom, and then he relax, you see. So we went for second round, and the second round, go exactly the same. So I said, ah, and my, my eye was a bit like... Uh, puffing up. Puffing up. I said, does it... Ah. What was he catching you with, a jab or a hook? Straight right. Straight right. Straight right and hook. That one is good at counter-punching. That one is quick. Like his brother, the yeah, counter-punches. Yeah. So we went for... I came back to the corner and said, does it... Uh, what do you think about this fight? Because uh, I'm not feeling well here. Yeah. Zola in your quarter, the, yeah. In your corner there? Yeah. So he said, no... Let's check this round. After this round, if it, it's happening like this, you continue happening like this, no, we stop. I said, okay. So from that third round, I came straight to the cone and go to him. And I was beating me up. All, all those rounds, round three, round four, round five, and six, I took four rounds. You see, I was, I, I was dominating. So you yeah. just took it to him because you had no other choice. I have no other choice. I said, now listen here. Yeah. Let me go and fight this guy. You see? Let me go and fight this guy. And where was this? The Orient Theatre? Orient Theatre, yes. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had a fight at the Orient Theatre. <laughs> Heard about it. Heard about it, my friend. About it. Yeah. And you know, and I, I know. Exactly. At the Orient Theatre, when I was announcing there, it was so loud that I couldn't hear what I was saying. <laughs> I just had to let my, my mouth move and hope that there was, there was noise coming out of my mouth into that mic. I couldn't hear a thing. I had headphones on with the Super Sports directors Sports, yeah. in the truck talking to me. I couldn't hear them. The director was screaming at me. I couldn't hear him. I just carried on. But then when the crowd starts chanting and singing, it in your chest, in yeah. your heart, yeah. it goes through your body. It's just this constant hum. Yo. And because everybody... The, it's a theater, so stairs. Standing there, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's sitting on stairs. It's like a wall of people in front of you, higher than you can see. <laughs> and they all hate you. <laughs> Except I don't know about you and Makazoli. Who were they yeah. hating? You? Because you're from Cape Town? Uh, no, man. It was even. There was even cause. I went there for the first fight in Orient Theater and then fought uh, Luandi Lescard, my okay. friend. Uh, it was my first fight on the PBL. You see, from my boxing you fought PBL? Yes. Did so, you get paid? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, 
I beat him like I don't know. We went straight for I took all the, the those six rounds. You see, so they they noticed me. You see, by by round three I was fighting, but round round three round four, the fans turned. You see, the fans just turned onto your side, onto my side because I was I was yes. <laughs> see, that's the thing about the Orient Center is the fans will support you if they see you there doing what you can and doing your best. Yeah, exactly. They don't like cowards they, around. They don't, They just turned. So they noticed me. So, but the time I went there for the second time, they they already know me. So I had this, um, little bit fans there said, "Old bones, old bones." Some guys I didn't know. Okay, okay, sure. You see. So, I th- I think that fight, I mean, Magazol. I think I think I won that fight, but they put it as a draw, and and the fans were complaining. There. Were they booing? Yeah, they were complaining. There, no, 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 no. You see, but it's fine. It's fine. So. The other day I saw in Facebook they post that uh, rematch. I said no, no rematches. For my, with you and Makazole. I don't like rematches. Well, it's not just that, but you've you have moved way further on in your career now. Exactly. You're in a position where you're now going for bigger fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how about the other Tete? <laughs> no, I don't like that guy. Not not now. <laughs> not now. He's my friend, Richard. He's my friend, Richard, but for me to fighting him, no. Just so that everybody who's listening knows, I'm referring to Zolani Tete, who is a wrecking ball. I mm-hmm. would say he's a he's a he's a mean mean puncher. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a counter puncher. He's yeah. a long, tall, tall. skinny, yeah. bantam. Bantamweight, yes. He could probably go two divisions above that and still hold his own. Exactly. He's the, what is he? The current WBO champion. WBO world and champion. He's going to be fighting in Belfast, Northern Ireland, in April. Eh? In April, yeah, yeah, on the undercard of uh, Carl Frampton's fight, which yeah. is uh, Belfast is a crazy, yeah. crazy arena yeah. to be in, and that's where he put Gonya to sleep in twelve seconds. For sure. Exactly. Goes back to the scene of the yeah. crime. Yeah. So, you've got the other. Zolani Tete yeah. to worry about when you decide to come back to boxing because your bantam weights, unless he has moved up a weight or a division. No, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, if the opportunity comes to then send it. me straight to, to te- I, I will take it because yeah. it's, this is business. This is business. You see. Are you guys friends outside the ring? Yeah. We used to stay together there when I was in East London. Really? We used, we used to stay together. Same house. Same house, dude. And then we went to, to the camp in Joburg. We stayed together in the evening day in Joburg. Same house. You see, we're sharing same kitchen, same rooms. You see. Know each other really well. We know each other very well. Even in the room, in the gym. We used to spar together. In the gym. And um, did you guys do amateur together? Did you know each other from the amateur no, scene no, as no, far no. back as that? No, he, he went first to amateur and then 10 pro first. How old is he? Uh, I'm not so sure. Maybe... 30, 31. Yeah, so he's a little bit older than you. Yeah, yeah. And then just uh, just quickly touching on your other fights, Mfunda Guayana's on your list. Yeah. And then your first taste of international guys. Jose Santos Gonzalez, Raul yeah. Elizio Medina, yeah, Jason yeah. Canoy. Jason Canoy. What Ish. was that like? Because he's a, I've seen him <laughs> fight before, left-handed Filipino coming yeah. forward at you the whole time. Was that the first time you had faced a left-hander of that style? No, no, it does not. That was not the, the the first time because that's why that's why uh, I managed to, to to control the fight because 
I, I, I know the guys like that. Were you Joseph, going in, did you go into counter-punching mode for a kind of guy like that who comes forward at you the whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if he's coming forward, I must move him back and, and, counter him, and counter him and counter him all the time. So that was the plan. So I'm used to the guy like that. Even Jose Gonzalez, he was fighting like that. He was coming, moving forward all the time. You see, but the the difference is Jason Kanoe is, is more powerful. You see, he's got more punch. You see, I thought now, wasn't there a Kanoe who knocked out some South African? Chris But uh, not Chris Butelezi, uh, the other Butelezi, the sh- the smaller Butelezi. Um, he used to be trained by Mr. Fantastic Elias Shabalala, oh, yeah. and he beat Heki Butler. He got knocked out violently by a left-handed Filipino. I wish I could remember his name. It'll come to me. Jason Kanoi. I thought was it a, was it a Joey Kanoi? There's all, there's two Kanois. I think. Oh, I think that might okay. be brothers. Okay. I think that's what it is. There's definitely a Kanoi, and that's why I remember that name. So, yeah. the Kanoi fight that you had, um, you ended up going. Split decision win over 12 rounds. Yeah, yeah. Which means he must have brought it. How did that feel? I mean, did he ever, did he stun you or hurt you in any kind of manner during that fight? Was it, no, or did you feel like said, you were in control most that, of the that time? That fight, uh, it's a, that fight, I, I don't think it's, a, it's supposed to be a split decision. That you fight. thought you won comfortably? Yes, yes. I don't know where the other judges got the, those scorecards because I was dominating, like, yeah, he was fighting back. And he was he was good, but I think I, uh, I maybe it's supposed to be not a split. But then it didn't matter because your next fight for the vacant IBF Intercontinental bantamweight title was a knockout. Round seven knockout against Yesna Talavera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in theater? No, in ICC. In Durban? No, they in East London. Oh, in East London's yeah, ICC. East London's ICC. So that was the biggest fight of your career at the time. At the time. Because of big, what it was for. Yeah, yeah. Because it was my first time fighting for IPF in the continental See, What did you catch him with? With the left hook in the body. Body shot left body hook. Body shot left hook, yeah. Because did he make a noise when you hit him? Like, ah! It was like, ah! I, I said, maybe he stopped breathing. That's when you know. <laughs> I said, yeah, I got him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he came with the, okay, first round about Round six, he came with headbutt. You see, so was he, he a shorter he, guy than you? Because you're quite a tall no, it's man. A, no, he's the same as same, same height as me. So I got a cut here. I sit to the corner that each does it. Now this thing is going to disturb me, and I can control the fight. You see, let me try and, and fight this guy. Not not box now, just fight him. Oh, so you went toe to toe with him and said, Yeah, let's. And then does it say no? Who's no, the no, bigger no. man? Let's yeah. see. Said, does it? No, no, no. It's too early for that. I said, okay, it's too early, okay, it's fine. And then I went <laughs> just straight to the corner and come to him. You see, and just he w- mixed with him. Went into he, was throwing, uh, he was throwing and catch, catch and throw back. And then I go for left push, boom. And then it, he fell down. Dropped him. Dropped him. Did he, did he get up or did he like just not quite make the count? No, he didn't get up. Stayed flat just on the floor. Just stayed flat on the floor. He didn't get up. And then after that fight, you had it, one defense of it, Emmanuel Nigella. Yeah, the, the one from Namibia. Which was no. also a unanimous, which was a unanimous decision over twelve rounds. Yeah, it was a unanimous decision. That was that was my last fight on the eighth December. So twenty eighth of December is the last time you earned a paycheck. Eighth December. Eighth of December. Eighth of December. That was the last time. Yes. 
Yes. This so is why. How are you surviving, man? <laughs> I'm just surviving. I don't know how, how I'm surviving. I'm just, I'm just surviving. You see, it's I'm tough. Just, and this is very, what I, very, this is what I want to bring people's attention to: is that it's very tough. Dave. very, very tough, man. Because I'm struggling. I'm struggling a lot. But what can I say, man? <laughs> don't worry. Well, we're here to try and turn things around for you and and, and look after you until you can get that next fight because. You know, um, I hate to see fighters in situations like that. Yeah. And I think as a community, we will all pull together behind you and um, we are behind you because I want to see you fight again, dude. Yeah. I want to announce you at least one more time. Yeah. <laughs> but more importantly, I believe that you're the most likely next in line South African fighter to actually win a world title. Yeah. Yeah. This is why it's so important to me because I know what you have. And you've got world-class skills. Yeah. And I think that uh, it would be a travesty if we weren't able to see that again someday over something that we could have helped mm. fix, mm. except certain people just did nothing. And I, I don't want to – I, I want to make it my mission to, to help you because I want to see you fight again. And Thanks, I think man. that you can't – your skills cannot be wasted on a, on a doctor's Thanks, table man. for the rest of your life. Um, Emil, back to you. So mm. next Friday – Hope Street Market, we've got seven fights on the bill. And um, you're not really a guy who predicts results of your own fights. Mm. It's a 10-rounder. What is your mindset going into this 10-rounder? Because, again, it's adding another two rounds onto your previous job that you did. Um, this fight, um, the matchmaker, Mr. Zola Kortu, thanks to him, he actually told me, listen here, kid, this guy that you're fighting is not stupid. You know, and, and I told him, each and every fight that I fight in each and every guy, I take everyone serious, you know. Everyone is a tough competitor because you all train for a couple of months, couple of weeks, and you step in the game to show what you got, and I show what I got, but I'm the best man who win. So I, I told him, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I do if I keep my hands up. And if I get knocked out, it's a fight, man. It's what happens. I've you seen know? you get hit, though. And yeah, I, I haven't seen. Hit, I'm human. <laughs> I, I have no, but I'm not saying that you don't get hit. But I haven't seen you badly or adversely affected from a shot yet. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, that you haven't been put in there with an animal yet. Mm -hmm. But I haven't seen you panic, mm -hmm. which is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, it's how guys react to that shot, what their face does. Your face is always the same. You never change faces. You're always yeah. the same. Poker face. That's the most because <laughs> you can't show the other guy that you've been yeah, affected. Because yeah. if you show him, it's gonna it's, come. It's fucksful. You're over because mm -hmm. that guy's gonna be all over you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing I do admire about you. Um, is that you have got a, a very very deadpan face, kind of like the one you're pulling <laughs> right now. No, not the smile. But <laughs> it's because it's his birthday and he can't have cake. That's why. He's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, ten rounds. Hope Street Market. Action starts at seven thirty. Promoted by Pound for Pound Promotions yeah. as well as uh, sponsored by Starrock Shipping. Thank yeah. you very much, Starrock Shipping, uh -huh. for getting involved in yeah, development yeah. boxing and supporting development boxing like they have. And the shows are getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Sure, yeah. And uh, we've got a bigger sound system. Mm -hmm. You can thank me for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was, lovely. I was lovely, hassling, lovely. I was hassling for a bigger sound system. So we got that. Your chariot is all varnished and ready. And we're going to put on a show, man. And I'm looking forward to announcing, and I'm looking forward to announcing you winning yeah. that fight because yeah. it's yeah. a big step in your career. You're going to have added pressure of 
a promoter from overseas that's going to be watching you, but obviously you're not going to let that affect you. And no, not at all. All the best with the rest of your training, my friend, and uh, you're looking good. How many kilos out are you at the moment? Um, I was last night, I did 72.5, then I came for a bit um, training today morning, so I'm like around 71. And you're getting to 69. 70, yeah, so now I'm just going to cool off. I'm going to go again today for, you know, a 3K, come home, you know, 15 minutes skipping, a bit of shadow, you know, then done and relax, you know, tomorrow have a massage, relax, have a night run, done. Hopefully on Monday will be my last time just stretching, you know, just feeling in the game and say, okay, boy, let's ready. So you're done with your sparring though? As I'm done with the yeah, sparring. Yeah, yeah. Done with everything. I sparred very tough guys, you know. I sparred um, Tup, um, Hagler, I sparred Maurice Matamba. Uh, Tapiwa, yeah, he's going to be fighting on that pull as well. Mm. Yeah, and I sparred with Maurice Matamba. I sparred one boy, this boy is actually, he's he's from Philippi. He has two fights, two loss, but this boy is good. No one has put eyes on him. But me and my dad, we just, we tried him. He's, um, he fights featherweight, but now he's not fighting because he, the last time he fought was 2016 on yeah. my bill. You understand? Yeah. But no one puts eye on this boy. He's from Philippi. Okay. But I'm going to try and speak to my dad to promote this boy. Because yeah. I promise you, this boy is really good. He has the potential. Yeah. He has the heart. He, we sparred. He sparred with me like as if he's sparring someone his size. Okay, I gave him a bit of a lot of trouble. Yeah. I knocked him down. But this boy came up. He came up. Yeah. And he came with me all right through sparring. Yeah, yeah. And this boy, I, I really, I like it because... He, you know, usually in boxing when you lose two times, three times, and you sit down and no one helps him, instead. But he still comes, you know. He asks me, yo, you have sparring. I'm, I'm here. So he's game. He's always he's up game. for action. He's game. That's all you can ask for. I'm telling you, this boy is he's really... So he's just been badly matched maybe in his first two fights. Or I'm, I'm overmatched. sure, yeah. Overmatched. Well, this bill that we got on Friday night, so it's going to start at about 7.30 in the Bantamweights. Lazola Jakani versus Michael Durris. Uh, the second bout's going to be a catch weight of around 58 kilos. Ryan Tanda versus um, Zukisi Mpinda from Kalicha. You know him? I know. Yeah, he's your Spoiler. boy. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cruiserweight's four-rounder Benjamin Hipkin. Oh, I'm starting <laughs> to love watching fighting because he looks like a wild man to me. Um, he's fighting a guy called Faraji Saeed from Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a four-rounder. Then there's a junior featherweight. Nikelo Ndema, Bompi, is that's, back in the house. That's, he, my, that's my man. That's your man. He looked a little <laughs> off in his last fight. I hope to see a better yeah, performance from this. Yeah, I know what yeah, he can do, yeah, though. He's he super skilled. He's he super can. slick. Yeah. He's just, um, sometimes I get the feeling that he kind of like lets his ego get in the way of his fights. Yeah. You can see he tries to... He tries to play around a little bit too much when he's exactly. more focused on just letting yeah, that guy knock yeah. him out because he's got power. He can yeah. do that. He's fighting younger and Doyana. And then the fifth fight, lightweights, Sitanati Akampi versus from Krafentain versus Tapiwa Yaravaza. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's your sparring partner? Yeah. Marius Mutamba, who's becoming a star. Mm-hmm. How he makes Junior Welter, I have no idea. Because he's big. Mm-hmm. How does he cut that much weight? He's your size. He's your height. Yeah. He's a, a bit st- taller than him. A little bit. But a little bit taller than him. He makes Junior Welter, it's, it's beyond me. When you're broke and you have no money, you're going to make anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose and that's the motivation. You, you, you make yeah. it no matter what featherweight you go right down. 
Mm. He's doing a six-rounder mm-hmm. against Kasim Hassan from Cape Town. Then, of course, the main event, Emil Kalakuzi, yeah. 10 rounds at the junior, well, it's a super welterweight slash catchweight <laughs> against John Bopape, who's from Gauteng. Yeah. And that's yeah. our bill for this Friday. It's going down at the Hope Street Market. Mm-hmm. Tickets will be available at the door. Tickets right. are available online. Follow mm-hmm. Team Swagstar on uh, Twitter. What's your hashtags that people can get hold of you on? Um, Swagstar. Swagstar, at Swagstar, at Twitter Swagstar. and Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, we're all there. All right. And um, Maguacha, although you're not fighting on Friday, you're going to be there? <laughs> yeah, gonna be I'm going to be there. Sure. We know we're going to see you there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be boy, there. Your boys are all in action, and we wish you nothing but the best in your recovery. Yeah, yeah. We are here to help you. I'm here to help you. I'm going to do whatever I can to help yeah. you. And... Um, we're going to have you at our fight nights on the 21st of April at the Hope Street Market. It's all for you. We're going we're gonna to have a celebration of boxing yeah. for a great cause, and that's helping you literally get back on your feet. So you will be taken care of, and we're always a call away to help you out, my friend. Thanks. Thank man. you to both of you gentlemen for taking yeah. your time out of your days to come and do my Pokeball yeah. podcast. Yeah. On my birthday. Thank on your you. birthday, no problem. <laughs> Cake coming on uh, next yeah, Sunday. Next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> next, next Friday, straight after his fight, I'm going to have some a nice slice of cake there for you. Yeah. As I'm doing the interview, I'll hold the cake for you. <laughs> Squish it in your face. No, guys, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And yeah, that's another edition of the 10 Point Must podcast. You yeah. can catch me at Dev Curra on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And this podcast is going to be uploaded hopefully tonight. It's been a clean thing, so I don't need to do any editing, editing out bad swear words or any of that kind of yeah. thing. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Ciao, people. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you.